In this episode of Locked On Capitals, I talk with Andrew Gillis of NBC Sports Washington as we talk about the series so far. Who do we think is going to win game number four? We talk about the big play of Anthony Mantha, most notably known as a goal scorer. He's really brought his physical game. And then we'll talk about the netminding situation. It seems like a no-brainer to go back to Ilya Samsonov, but is that who the Capitals will really go with? And then we talk about the status of Tom Wilson. Can we expect to see him in this pulse season? We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over and check that out. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, like I said, in this episode, I talk with Andrew Gillis and we talk about the playoff series so far and what is the future of this Washington Capitals team. We'll talk about that next. All right. We are now joined by Andrew Gillis of NBC Sports Washington. Andrew, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Dan. I really appreciate it. You bet. So this series so far has kind of gone back and forth, and uh, the Capitals now have the lead 2-1 to one in the series, and there's some good stats on the Washington Capitals side. The Game 3 winner wins it 68% of the time. What are your thoughts on the series so far? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of has gone a little bit different from the way you might have thought. I mean, through the first three games, I think there's a really compelling argument that the Capitals have been the better team for you know, 66% of the series, maybe, give or take. I mean, I thought they were really, really good in game one. Um, and I even game two, I thought they were really good in the first period. Through the first part of the second period, and then it, it kind of went off a cliff. But game three, I thought they played a pretty decent game. I actually thought their best game was game one. But, you know, game three is the game that you kind of have to win. You know, those are the games you need a goalie to play well. You need to get some breaks to go your way. They did. And I thought that they looked really good. So, you know, carrying a 2-1 lead into game four, you only got to win two of the next potential four games. You're sitting pretty. I think that uh, I think that it's been a great start. And I think, truthfully, you couldn't ask for more for them. Yeah, I'm most impressed with it. And I was really impressed with the play of Ilya Samsonov. You know, I know that there's been a lot of talk about inconsistency in net this past season. We'll talk about that later in the show. But just talking about the last game, how the Ilya Samsonov played, played lights out hockey. And uh, you talked about it as much about net minding. Ilya Samsonov stopped 29 of 30 shots faced in game three, earning his first career playoff win. 
Ilya Samsonov has faced almost as many shots in that other game too. So, I mean, you, you were talking about that. I saw your post on uh, NBC Sports Washington. Talk to me a little bit about the play of Ilya Samsonov. I know it's kind of a coin flip most every game on who's going to start, if it's Vitek Vanacek or Ilya Samsonov. Um, what are your thoughts on Ilya Samsonov's play in the last game in particular? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Peter Laviolette kind of mentioned this when when somebody got asked about, you know, or somebody asked him, excuse me, about, you know, playing two goalies. And he was like, you almost look at it kind of like a negative, but it's really not. You know, he's like, we've we were a hundred point team with two goalies. And like you kind of you kind of see where he's coming from, because you look at the entire season and the Capitals, they they played Samsonov, they played Vanacek, they played both of them, you know, pretty much exactly the same. And you're doing that without Anthony Mantha for a lot of the year, without TJ Oshie, without, you know, Nicholas Backstrom kind of working his way back. And you did that with a lot, without a lot of those guys. So, I mean, I think there's a reasonable case to be made that they could have been a better team if they were fully healthy with kind of this two goalie tandem. So, you know, maybe perhaps we underrated it. I don't know if we did, um, but I think yesterday in game three, uh, Sam Sonov was unbelievable. And I think the, that is kind of the performance that he can give you, right? You know, the, he, he lets in that first shot go by, by Huberdeau. And, and truly, that's just an ugly goal. That, that is not a goal you can allow in the playoffs. But the thing that Samsonov does really well is make those kind of saves where you go, oh, wow, they needed that one. It was the Johansson goal yesterday where, you know, he makes a big left pad save, kick out save, go, and caps go the other way, and they score. And now they lead two to one. They're not down two to one. Then all of a sudden you can get one late in the period after a couple other big saves. Like, like that is exactly the performance that you needed. I was so impressed by him. Um, just kind of the way he controlled himself. I, I forget who it was and it's, I'm kind of kicking myself here, but um, somebody came in on his crease and Samsonov just kind of stared him down and gave him a little shove with the blocker. Like, if you remember when Braden Holpe would make a save, he would kind of flash the leather a little sassy, mm. and that was kind of how you knew he was on his game. I, I thought that that was kind of the way I knew Samsonov was on his game. He just looked confident, truthfully, maybe even more confident than I'd seen him all year. So, yeah, excellent day for him. And they have to go back to Samsonov on uh, tomorrow oh. night, right? I mean, they can't go back to Vitek Vanacek. Yeah, I mean, I, I was watching the ESPN feed and they were kind of uh, mystified as to why uh, Vanacek wasn't getting the start. And uh, I just think that there are certain intangibles. I think that he has he's has a, he's a better athlete, I think, overall. Um, I think that Vitek Vanacek might have a little bit better shots at uh, tracking the puck at points. But um, I think, like I say, it's a no brainer to go back to Ilya Samsonov. So one of the things I'm going to talk about in this last game, game number three, was, was something that was missing the entire series was at the physical presence of the game. It just seemed like the Florida Panthers were kind of thrown around the Washington Capitals like a rag doll, and there was no response. It left me frustrated almost the previous two games. I know that the Capitals won game one. But Gudis in particular, he had that high stick on Tom Wilson, and then uh, he threw Hathaway to the ice. And there was no, I mean, I know that there was a penalty on the Hathaway one, but who, you know, they have to stand up to this Florida Panthers team. And, uh, you know, it's good that they're getting it from Anthony Mantha, but I would say that the physical game was the most noticeable aspect of the last game. Uh, what did you think about the physical game? Yeah, I mean, the physical game is kind of ramped up, and I think the Capitals are, I think this is really the department where you miss a Tom Wilson type because 
you know, not only can he, you know, lay the body defense, I think we saw yesterday, like you mentioned, Anthony Manta, I thought Manta has been really, really good this series. And, and Manta had that great forecheck. And when you just have that physical presence, that can kind of lead you into, you know, a, offensive scoring opportunities. It can get you out of a defensive jam. So, um, but truthfully with, with the physicality part of this thing, like the Panthers, that is not their game. Like, listen, the Panthers can get physical. They can be physical. They've got you know, some of those guys that you just mentioned, they've got Mason Marchment, you know, they've got Patrick Hornquist, they've got guys that can lay the body, they've got guys that can play that style of game. But, they, you know, the reason they won the President's Trophy was not because they beat everybody up on the way to do it. The reason they won the President's Trophy is because they score more goals than anybody else in the world and anybody else has since, you know, 96. So to me, that is the game that you almost want the Panthers to play. Like if you can bring them down to that level, that's a win because this, you know, we all know in the playoffs, the rule book kind of gets thrown away. Kuznetsov kind of made, made a joke about that down in Florida. Like you kind of just, he's like, I think it was something like you don't really play hockey until the third period. Like you kind of throw the rule book away. And if you can, if you can get that to work for you in this series, you know, I really like the Caps chances. So I, I think that, you know, the physicality aspect is certainly something where you're going to miss Tom Wilson, but you know, it's worked for him so far. Yeah, I mean, that was that's one of the things I noticed. And being that you were talking about a physical game, you know, I think that the Washington Capitals, that has kind of been their identity to be a physical team. But, you know, maybe there's some things that we're not looking at. Uh, maybe or maybe it's Peter LaViolette perhaps doesn't want it because you realize if you play a physical game, that also means you're going to spend some time uh, in the box as well because inevitably those are going to be some uh, penalties in there. So there was a beat writer for the Panthers. Aaron Brown was talking about the Florida Panthers say they can play a physical game. The numbers say otherwise over the past two seasons, including playoffs when the Panther records more than 40 hits in a game, they're two and seven. So that kind of speaks to your point there is that, you know, physical, a physicality isn't everything, but you know, as a fan, you know, you watch the game and you see them getting thrown around. You're just like, come on, stand up for yourself, guys. You know, it kind of reminds me of that Flyers game years ago where Braden Holpe was getting the crap beat out of him by Emery, and no one really did anything about it. So, you know, that was just the frustrating part. It was good to see that uh, physical aspect return. And uh, one of the things you were talking about was Anthony Mantha. You know, Anthony Mantha is not really, you know, intrinsically a tough guy out there, but he's kind of had to step into that role. Uh, because of Tom Wilson's absence, Anthony uh, Mantha recorded uh, uh, two assists in Game 3. Anthony Mantha led the Capitals with 10 hits in Game 1. Mantha's 10 hits are tied for the fifth highest recorded total in playoff game in franchise history. So we were talking about Anthony Mantha a little bit there. But, you know, this is a guy that's really stepped up. You know, we missed him uh, for a good chunk of the season with uh, shoulder surgery. But uh, he's getting great goals and uh, he's upping his physical game in the absence of, of Tom Wilson. What are your thoughts on Anthony Mantha's play as of late? He's been unbelievable. I mean, he's exactly, you know, you kind of mentioned replacing that Tom Wilson's type and that Tom Wilson style. I mean, with Manta, he, I think he kind of joked after game one, like, yeah, I don't know if I'll have 10 hits every game. Um, but, you know, to me, he's been all over the ice. He's been really noticeable. Um, you know, and I think that the, there are a few guys that you can kind of say that, you know, maybe they're not leading the team in goals, leading the team in assists, but they've been noticeable. And Manta has been one of them. Um, you know, he had that great forecheck yesterday. Um, to me, he's just a guy that is 
he's almost your perfect second line wing complement to go behind Alex Ovechkin. And when you're able to do that, now I know he was playing with Lars Eller a lot, but when you're able to put him there, he's just such a physical presence. He can score, he can skate. Like he's pretty much exactly what this team is. You know, when they traded for him last year, that was kind of the whole knock. Like, you know, oh, why did they give up all these picks? Why did they give up Jacob Verona for this? Why did they do well? I mean, I think this series is kind of proving why, you know, it, the, the cost is very steep. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, Anthony Mantha, he's he's just fit right in. And and I think that re- really this series, I mean, last year, even against Boston, I thought he was pretty good, even though he didn't score. Um, so I, to me, it's just a continuation of a guy that's playing really well in the playoffs. He's a kind of guy that the playoff style kind of fits him. Um, you know, he's six foot five. He can kind of hang around. So, yeah, he, he's been perfect for the capitals he and you know truthfully he's been exactly what they needed all right so just to wrap up this segment here um andrew i'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball and i want you to make a prediction on this series who wins how many games does it go to Uh, just give me your thoughts on how this series will play out in your opinion well um I must add, before I answer this, I must add at the beginning of the series, I did pick Florida in six. Um, my my original prediction was I thought the Caps were going to win in game one, which they did. And then the whoever they were going to play, I've said this for a couple of weeks, whoever they were going to play was going to kind of turn on the Jets and the Caps just weren't going to have enough goaltending. They weren't going to have enough speed to kind of keep up. Uh, I'm going to change that answer now. Um, truthfully, I'm going to go Caps in seven at this point. Um I, you know, six might be pushing it, I think, um, because I think Florida is going to come out really hard in four. Um, but I think the Capitals just have proven that they can handle this style of play. Um, and I think that they've proven that they can get good enough, if not really, really good goaltending. You know, I thought VTech was good and was was pretty good in game one. I thought Samsonov was, he gave, I mean, of the three games, he gave their best goalie performance in, in game three. So, you know, I, I think they're going to win the series at this point. And um, that is certainly something that I would have gotten wrong before the series. So, um, yeah, I think I'll stick with Caps in seven. Yeah, it's one of those tough things. I mean, the Florida Panthers won the President's Trophy on paper. It seems like a slam dunk, but it'll be an interesting series for sure. All right, so after the break here, we're going to talk about the net minding situation. Yes, it's something that we've talked about the entire season, and then we're going to talk about the status of Tom Wilson after the break. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports development league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcasts, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. We have Andrew Gillis with us from NBC Sports Washington, and let's talk about 
the play, the net minding play. We talked about how Ilya Samsonov played, you know, like I said, he stopped 29 of 30 shots faced in game three, and then he came in in relief for Vitek Vanacek. There's been so much talk about the net minding situation this year. It's gone back and forth from Vanacek to Samsonov. And did the Capitals do the right thing at the trade deadline by doing nothing? Um, I know that, you know, it, just looking back over the the situation and historically, it was Braden Holpe when he left and went to Vancouver. Then they had um, Henrik Lundqvist come over and then he had that heart condition. And then they were kind of just left with Sam Sonoff and Vitek Vanacek. Uh, Vitek Vanacek, which most people talked about would maybe be a starter in AHL Hershey at best. They went with the youngest tandem in the league. And what are your thoughts on the net minding situation? What are they going to do uh, in the after the season, are they going to have to pick up that veteran netminder? I guess a lot hinges on how they play, but it just seems like they can't a afford to pay both of those. So they're going to have to pick one of them and go with it. What are your thoughts overall on the goaltending situation all season, not just this uh, playoff series? Yeah, um, man, this is this is a really tough question. You know, I think um, I think it's a tough question for you and I to answer. I think it's a tough question for Brian McClellan to answer. Um, you know, I, I think. When you look back at the deadline, I think kind of, you know, like you said, going back, I think they, you know, a lot of people could have said, oh, you know, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they get this guy? Well, what were you going to get at the deadline that was better than what you got in games one and three? Like, what were you going to get that was so good or so consistent? Now, if Mark, like, you know, all reports were that Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't really willing to come here. So to me, that kind of took everything out of the equation. So. I think they are looking for a veteran. I think they will this offseason. Um, but like you said, you've got Vanacek, you've got Samsonov. Both of them are RFAs. And I think that this playoffs is going to be really important for both of their contract statuses, for both of next year and who they want to keep. Um, because the the book on Vanacek and the book on Samsonov is is. I, in my opinion, pretty written right now. Now, doesn't mean it's going to stay that way, but right now it's Samsonov is the guy that has how all the athleticism, has all of this physical skills. He just can't put together the, you know, night in, night out. He'll make 29 to 30, and then, you know, there are a couple times during the regular season where the next night he gets pulled. Vanacek, you just need him to make a few more of those, ah, we needed one there, we needed a big save, but he'll make all the saves he should make. So I think... I think it's going to depend. I think that if you if you can bring in a goalie that is you know high upside, that is a Mark Andre Fleury type, maybe a guy that's won a cup, maybe a guy that's contended for a cup, maybe a guy that is you know one of the better goalies in the league, whoever that may be, just kind of insert your name here. I think maybe it makes sense to go with Vanacek in that situation, um, get some more stability behind that. Uh, or if you're going to bring in a guy who's a veteran who you're kind of you kind of have the one A one B situation again, but maybe a little bit more stable. Maybe you go Samsonov. I mean, it's a really tough question to answer right now, um, and I think the playoff series is going to matter a lot because you know what do you do if Ilya Samsonov? Because right now, you know, going into the playoffs, I would have said, yeah, Samsonov. I think I think this might have been it. But what do you do if Samsonov carries you to the third or the fourth round of the playoffs? And let's, I mean, forget wins anything significant, wins the cup, wins whatever. But what do you do in, in that situation if you get a guy like that that can carry you deep? Do you bring back both of them? Do you bring back him? I don't know. And so I, I think they're going to bring in a goal, uh, bring in a veteran goalie this offseason. Um, 
you know, I think they like, you know, they've kind of talked a few times. They like the depth that they've got. They like some of the younger goalies. Um, they just signed one this, uh, this you know, when was that March or a couple of weeks ago. So um, I, I think that they like the depth in the, in the organization, but right now, I think they're looking for a vet and I think the playoffs are truthfully going to determine who stays and who goes. Yeah. Cause if you look at this team historically, I mean, last year they had Craig Anderson who moved on to Buffalo and uh, he kind of played pretty well. I got to say for Buffalo and part, you know, part of the season, I was thinking to myself, they could have used someone like him this season, just that steady hand in net. And if you look back historically, they had Justin Peters and Thomas Volkun. They've always kind of just, other than the Braden Holpe Grubauer time, they've always kind of had that veteran net minder for like the past, I don't know, 10 years or so. So I think it is a good idea for them to end up going uh, with a, a veteran netminder. It just seems like for whatever reason, this Washington Capitals team and, you know, it's the intangibles. And, you know, when I was talking with J.J. Regan, he was saying that, you know, the coaches see stuff that we don't see. It just seems that this Capitals team is all in on Ilya Samsonov, you know, because the thing of it is, is that everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid on him right now because he played this really great game. But he could play a poor game the next game and everyone would be, you know, for his head, get rid of him. Because if you think about Vanacek, he was, he played awesome and he had that last game. And if you go on social media, everyone's like, what are we doing with this piece of crap? Why didn't we trade him? So I got to say that the, you know, the, the DC fans are a bit fickle when it comes to net minding. But one interesting thing that was said was that the Washington Capitals with those two goalies for the lion's share of the season got to a hundred points. So, I mean, you don't get to 100 points by being a poor, you know, having poor goalies. I mean, I know that they've had inconsistency, but they've been able to string together wins with both of them kind of piecemeal here and there. It's not ideal, and it's not the ideal situation going into the playoffs when, you know, uh, Peter Laviolette said, when I go to the playoffs, I want to know who my number one netminder is. And I kind of felt when it was game one, he he really didn't know who he was going with. I, I think I read that uh, Vitek Vanacek found out that he was going to be the starter on the plane ride to there or something to that effect. So I, I just really hope that they can tie up those loose ends uh, with the net minding there. So, yeah, you know, go ahead. No, uh, go ahead. So, I, I mean, to your point, like I was going to say, you know, I, I think that, um, First off, you know, every, in the playoffs with social media, it's always they win a game and it's, oh, my God, they're, you know, Sam Sonov's going to win the Hakan Smythe and whatever. Um, but, I, you know, I think that they're really kind of comfortable with this two goalie system right now. But that's not to say, you know, if Ilya Samsonov goes out, plays great in game four, plays great in game five and they win and they beat the Panthers in five games, let's just say, like there's not a goalie controversy for going into round two. Like there, there's just not now. Maybe there is after games one and two, but like Peter Laviolette is going to play the hot hand. And if it just so happens that that hot hand is one guy for as long as you can ride the wave, he's going to ride that wave. So I I think that, like you said, he would love to go to one guy, but if he's very comfortable, it seems going to two. So. And it seems like the Capitals have had always really great depth. I mean, they have Hunter Shepard and Zach Fucali. And Phoenix Copley, who let's, you know, be honest with you, he's had his shot in the NHL. And if it doesn't work out with the Washington Capitals, you know, maybe he can move on and get a spot somewhere else because you kind of feel bad for these guys that kind of toil forever in the AHL. So, but uh, I mean, it, it is a tough situation in net. All right. After the break here, we are going to talk about a possible rebuild for this Capitals team if it's an early exit. And then we'll talk about Tom Wilson's status after the break. 
Summer is coming, and with summer, you are going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacations. Throw them in your bags and your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you, you are fueled for summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the Puffs yet? We are going crazy for the Puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana, cream pie, and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like churro and they're only 140 calories? Sign me up. If that's not enough flavor for you, you might want to try the Mixed Box. The Mixed Box comes with 12 flavors and bars and Puffs. Built Bars make sure that there is something for everyone. Know what my favorite flavor is? It's the churro, of course. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So, go to Built.com to get all your favorites, a banana cream pie, raspberry double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's right, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back. We are joined here with Andrew Gillis of NBC Sports Washington. And one of the things that's been talked about is a possible rebuild so say the Capitals fall flat on their face and they make an early exit. Do you think a rebuild is looming? I mean, I think a lot of the onus for the uh, goaltending situation lies with uh, McClellan. He did nothing. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, his job might be in jeopardy. We often hear about this window that's open, but it's closing. You know, we're talking about the uh, Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom era. And he really didn't do nothing to help that out by not picking up a veteran netminder. You think that when they're talking about this window being open and that we're in a win now mode, are you really in a win now mode when you have an unproven net mining commodity in the form of Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov? Yeah, you know, I, I think you, I think you can. Um, I think, like you know, kind of like I mentioned earlier, like I, I'm not really gonna, I'm not gonna fault McClellan for the trade deadline too much because you, you know, we talk, we can talk about some of the names. I mean, is was John, is Jonathan Bernier? You know, is he show up and be the guy? You know what I'm saying? It does. You know, if if you want to make the argument for Flurry, but sounded like Flurry wasn't going to come here. Now, if Flurry was available and they did, okay, I think that's a reasonable a reasonable counter argument. But um, it's you know it's you know all like I said, all reports were that Flurry wasn't going to come here. So I, I just the goalie situation. I don't think there was a there was a like smack you in the face answer. Um, but you know, it, it, it's going to be an interesting question. I think they're going to try and contend as long as they can. Um, you know, but I don't know if it'll be a full scale teardown rebuild because, you know, if you lose to a Florida team in the first round of the playoffs, it, it's kind of a difficult thing to judge there. You lose to the President's Trophy winners, a team that scored more goals since anybody since 96. It's hard to kind of say, oh, you know, we're not any good or we're how do we come? You know, th there, there are variations there. Now, I do think they're going to have to do some kind of a rebuild on the fly. Um, you know, I think that, you know, if you look at kind of their, their contract situation moving forward, um, they've got 
couple good pieces, but you look at their defense, and I think the defense is I think defense is sneaky where they're going to add this year because they've got a lot of forwards under contract next year. They've got guys like Protoss and in, in Hershey. Leeson, for the most part, has been in Hershey. Like you've got guys that you can kind of call up and play depth roles, but defense, I think, you know, forgive me, this is off the top of my head, but I believe John Carlson after the 2022-23 season is the only one that's left under contract. So I think they're going to have to work to shore that up. Um, I think you're going to have to get younger in a lot of spots. That counts forward too. So, you know, maybe a guy like Lars Eller moves so you can uh, kind of save some money, bring in a guy that, or bring in a spot rather for, for Connor McMichael to kind of take over a third line center role full time. But Lars Eller's played well over the last couple of weeks. So it, I don't think a full scale rebuild is really on the table at all. Um, I think a kind of retool on the fly is, is going to be necessary truthfully, because I think you're going to have to add a veteran goalie. Like I said, I think you're going to have the money too to bring in some kind of notable defenseman, probably on the right side. Then you're going to, you know, maybe you can add a forward, bring in another forward. So th- there's moves they can make. I, I just don't see that. I don't, I just don't see it yet to where there's going to be a full tear down. We need draft picks rebuild. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that I, from my understanding is that when Alex Ovechkin re-opt, he, there was a certain understanding that he would be able right. to be playing on a team that's competing. He didn't want to go through this kind of thing that the Washington nationals are going through where Juan Soto is the franchise player, you know, kind of wandering in the wilderness with a lot of unknowns that uh, you don't want to, you don't want to deal with that in Washington. But the defense is a tough situation because if I ever bring up net minding on social media, which let's be honest, we shouldn't go on there anyway, because there's so much negativity is I'll bring up net minding and everyone goes, well, it's not net minding. It's the defense into that. I've said in a previous podcast, who are you taking out of that lineup? Uh, John Carlson, you're going to take him out. Dimitri Orloff, Van Riemsdyk, Jensen, are any of those guys not playing on top of their game? I mean, when I watch the game, I know that, you know, you can't put everything on the goalie's shoulder, but take a look at the defense. Who, who's coming out of that lineup to, to be any better? I mean, you look at John Carlson, arguably one of the best defensemen in Capitals history, I got to say. Dmitry Orloff is a good two-way player. You know, he's tough and he has good offensive potential. So if the Washington Capitals had to make a move in defense, who goes? Who who comes out of that lineup? I guess you could say Van Riemsdyk. He's kind of a younger player, but it, it's really a tough spot for the Capitals. You got Schultz in there too, which I guess if I had to pick one expendable one, it would probably be Schultz. What are your thoughts on the defense? If they had to part with one player right now, who would it be? It's a tough spot. Yeah, you know, and I, and I actually kind of really like their defense as it is right now. You know, you kind of mentioned it. You've got John Carlson and Martin Ferrari. I mean, that's a pairing that you have to really like. And then Nick uh, Dimitri Orlov and Nick Jensen. I mean, that's also unbelievable. I, you know, I think that's a great pairing. And I think that more specifically with those two, they kind of really match each other's skill sets well. Um, so this year, you know, I don't think anybody's, I don't think, he, I don't think uh, Michael Kempney or, or Matt Irwin is kind of beating down the door on one of those guys. Those six have played really well together. Next year, that's a different question because I think that, you know, I think if, if, you're, if I'm not mistaken, Justin Schultz is going to be a free agent. Um, he makes $4 million right now. So maybe that's a place you go if you want to save some money. Um, if you want to, because, you know, you know, uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk is a righty. So he's played the left side this year. Maybe you bump him over. You got Alex Alexiev coming up. Alex Alexiev seems, you know, kind of like he's ready to make that NHL jump or at least 
seems like he can uh, see what he can do at the NHL level. So, you know, there's a couple different options there, but I think next year is going to be the year where maybe some defensive changes, but even still, I mean, you've got a lot of those guys under contract. So, or at least for another year. So I don't think there's going to be any wholesale changes on the defense. Um, but I think Justin Schultz would be that one guy where you could say, if somebody's not here next year, that would be him. Yeah. I mean, I hate to pick an expendable defenseman, but if I just knee jerk reaction, that's who I guess I would pick. I couldn't really picture the Capitals without John Carlson or Dmitry Orlov, something like that. All right. So Tom Wilson, that is the big topic of the postseason. Uh, I know that there was that high hit from Gudis. That isn't what caused the injury. But, uh, you know, Tom Wilson's presence um, is noticeable when he's not out on the ice. I know that he's kind of seen around the league as kind of a goon, a tough guy. But that kind of flies in the face of the fact that he scored 20-plus goals. If you look at the true goons in the league, I hate to name names, but Ryan Reeves, he, you know, he's a tough guy out there, but he doesn't have a real goal-scoring potential. Now, I hate to read the tea leaves here, and I know that the Hershey Bears are in the playoffs, but it says the Capitals have reassigned forward Brett Leeson to the Hershey Bears. Uh, Tom Wilson, lower body, is not participating. Capitals, optional skate. Um, so what what do you know as being an insider to the team? Um, what, what do you know about Tom Wilson? I want to know more about the situation. It doesn't seem like there's a lot to know. It seems like the Capitals are keeping the knowledge of Tom Wilson close to the vest. Is there a chance we see him in the playoffs? Um, you know, Peter Laviolette doesn't like to divulge a lot, and I guess maybe he's told not to, but if it is a knee injury, which is speculated on, that's probably, he's not going to be able to return. What do you know? Yeah, I know pretty much as much as you do. Um, you know, Laviolette kind of mentioned today that, um, you know, it's day by day. And I think, yeah, forgive me, I'm butchering his exact quote, but he said something like it's day to day. Uh, so I'm only going to answer for today and today he's not here. So I'll answer tomorrow's day to day tomorrow. And it, it was kind of it was kind of a little tongue in cheek, you know, a little like, you know, we'll, we'll answer that later. Um, but like, you know, teams do not really like to divulge anything really in the playoffs. I mean, I think it was a couple of years ago, Barry Trotz. I think he joked that somebody had a body injury. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you can kind of kind of look into a couple of different things that teams don't really like to say what's going on. So I don't think we're going to know what's going on with Tom Wilson um, until either two things until one, he's either ready to come back to play. Oh, you know, he's whether or not we see him on the ice at practice, whether they say he's going to play next game, whatever that may be, or it's Tom Wilson is out for the post. You know, it would have to be something like that. You know, I think that the longer this strings on, you know, maybe they think that there's a chance he's going to play the series in early round two, whatever it is. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned sending Leeson down. Um, I, I would bet that they would call up a forward for game five. Um, but th the way that I read that was they got through game three healthy and they like the way that Connor McMichael played because you have actually Anson Fialbi as your 13th forward. You're at home. You everybody's healthy. You've got a 13th forward already. You're fine. Now, when you go down to Florida, it might be one of those situations where you just kind of want to have an extra body on hand in case a nightmare scenario happens where somebody gets food poisoning and somebody slips in warm-ups. I mean, you've got to be ready for all of those scenarios. So maybe they call up a forward there. Um, but the Leeson thing to me, like I said, that kind of read to me as they either like the way Connor McMichael played. Maybe it's Tom Wilson related. Who knows? But right now, you know, there's just not a lot to know with Tom Wilson. and We're just going to have to wait and see. And uh you know, I guess, you know, obviously you want to you want to see everybody at full strength. So, you know, best wishes to him. But um, right now, 
it's it's kind of an unknown. Yeah, because it's kind of a different situation with the Ovechkin thing. You got you could kind of tell that he was going to come back. You know, he had that presser and he said, maybe I'll be back, you know. And you kind of knew that he was going to come back. But, you know, to your point, if Tom Wilson was in fact out for the series, say it was, uh, you know, some sort of a substantial knee injury, I mean, wouldn't they just say that he is in fact out? It doesn't seem like there's any advantage to, you know, trying to be vague about it. Because, I mean, if it, like I say, if he is in fact, his knee is screwed up and he can't play the rest of the season, why not just say that Tom Wilson is out for the season unless they're trying to foil the Panthers' plans uh, for the future? I know that, you know, Peter Laviolette likes to do that. He doesn't like to say anything about anything, really, most of the time. Most, like, like who's going to start a net, that kind of thing. So, Man, I just hope that it's not a major injury for Tom Wilson because, you know, we talk about a physical presence. If when Tom Wilson's lit up out there and smashing people into the boards, look out. The Washington Capitals could really use that right now. All right. Yeah, and- you know, with Wilson, it's just, you know, he's he's so, like we kind of mentioned earlier with Mantha. He, he just creates so much. He's one of your best penalty killers, too. Um, he plays that second bumper spot on the power play. So now you need another guy to replace, you know, when Oshi goes down or when Oshi goes off the ice, excuse me. So you you have the second, you just lose so much with him on the ice in the dressing room. So it, it's really, I mean, if he can't go, this is a pretty significant loss for Washington for as long as he's out. Yeah, we're just hoping for, you know, a speedy recovery is about all we can hope for. All right, Andrew, thank you for joining us today. Why don't you tell everyone where we can find your work? Yeah, uh, so you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I believe it's below on me, uh, Andrew underscore Gillis70. Um, I'm the Capitals and Wizards guy for uh, NBC Sports Washington. Uh, but obviously right now I am solely Caps as we uh, kind of move into the playoffs. So um, all of my articles will be there and uh, looking forward to it. I'll be down in Florida for game five. So we'll be on site and hopefully we'll get some good stuff out of it. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. Andrew Gillis of NBC Sports Washington.